Phone calls, phone calls, phone calls. We all want more phone calls for a home services company that can be turned around and realized into new revenue. But what are you doing to realize the best digital marketing that you can have for your business? Reach out to redesign.co, strategically partnered with CertainPath and work with over 110 CertainPath members and get a free digital marketing audit that will show you the way to better digital marketing, better leads, and better revenue through digital marketing for your brand. We'll talk to you soon. That's redesign.co, strategically partnered with CertainPath. Shuby. Shuby makes it easy to take your customer service to the next level. Show your clients you care with their full line of extra-large, extra-durable products made specifically to protect their home or business. Shuby products were made by service professionals for service professionals. None of those cheap, thin shoe covers that tear on the job. Their booties are made tough. They have surface protection products for every floor type to make sure you don't leave behind scuffs or scrapes. And don't forget their coveralls, made with an extra-long torso for ease of motion while keeping your uniform clean all day. Let Shuby prevent the hassle of cleanup by preventing the mess in the first place. Put your best foot forward with Shuby today. Visit their website at www.shuby.com or give them a call today and mention coupon code SGIPOD10 to receive 10% off your next order. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, formerly Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contract are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. And yes, you heard me correct. SGI is now Certain Path. We've rebranded ourselves under a name that we believe best represents what we do for residential contractors, and that's put them on a certain path to success. For more information on what we can do for you, Visit our new site, www.mycertainpath.com, or give us a call at 866-299-8505. Today's show is another Certain Path monthly member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview Certain Path members on a particular topic. And the topic today, everyone's favorite, recruiting. How to find better people and more of them. And I'll let my guests introduce themselves in a moment. I hope you enjoy the show and take away a nugget or two. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another monthly member discussion. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Uh, monthly member discussions are your opportunities to hear from members like you explain what they're doing to be successful. Think of it as a little slice of expo coming to you through your computer or phone every month. And this month, we're featuring a topic near and dear to everyone's hearts in the trades, and that's recruiting. Uh, hey, before we get going, uh, as a quick reminder, as we talk about today's topic, if someone mentions something interesting or you'd like some additional explanation of what they're talking about, write those questions in the little box below. Uh, the last 10 or so minutes of the hour, I'll uh, ask our panelists those questions. And I've got plenty of questions because obviously this is a big topic. Um, our, our, we have two guests. Uh, one is having some technical difficulty with the camera, but that's okay, we have her audio. And that first guest is Miss Angela Blessinger, the Chief Culture Officer of J.A. Birch Heating and Cooling in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Angela, can you hear me? I can. Hi there, Bob. Uh, Hey, all right, wait, you sound loud and clear. So that's all that matters to me. Uh, I really appreciate you being on. Sorry that we're having some technical difficulties with that link, but again, glad to have you on. I'm excited to hear your, your insight. Uh, so thank you. And then our other guest is Mr. Gabe Adkins, recruiting manager for on-time service in Birmingham and Mobile, Alabama. Gabe, can you flip that on? There he is. Hey, how's it how going, doing, sir? 
Great, great, great. Really, thank you. Thank you for being on today. Uh, appreciate both of your times. I know with your obligations and responsibilities, you guys could probably do it 24-7, uh, 365. Uh, that's how important your jobs are. Um, lots of questions to get, in, to get into, so let's just go ahead and, and dig in. Um, again, you both manage the recruiting functions for your companies. There's lots of uh, certain paths slash SGI companies looking to hire your position. So maybe kind of share with uh, with everyone your backgrounds. Angela, I'm going to start with you. Kind of share with everyone what your what your background is. Sure. Hi. So um, I have a very strong background in business development and marketing. Um, okay. I have administrative roles and everything, but for the last few years, I have been heading up um, marketing and sales and really building on relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when this job came around, it was a perfect fit for me, um, especially with the company that I'm with, to just get right in there, get my hands um, nice and dirty with getting to know everybody. And it works very well for recruiting. So sales and marketing and business development is my background. Yep, very good. Yeah, recruiting is a, a sales function in a lot of ways now. So, Gabe, kind of same question you share with everyone. What's your, what's your background and, and how sure. you got into this? So, uh, graduated from Samford University back in 2017 with my bachelor's in science and business administration. My concentration is marketing, and so with this position, you're looking for someone that has excellent communication skills, excellent analytical skills, as well as excellent multitasking skills. So you're looking for someone that can kind of wear all those hats because there's so many functions in recruiting. There's creating the job post itself. There's actually talking to the applicant over the phone, over Zoom. And there's also some analytical stuff with running um, advertising numbers with the different managers. So it's really just, it's multifaceted approach with recruiting. Yeah, very good. Very good. Give them a stick with you with the next question. Uh, it's kind of, we'll kind of ease, ease our way into it. Um, how do you know what positions you guys need, need to fill at any one point? You're a huge company, uh, growing rapidly. Do you have direct contact with, uh, the GM or is it individual managers or how, how do you know what's expected of you? I am staying in constant contact with each department manager daily. As part of my daily routine, I'm reaching out saying, hey, what do we need? But as a rule of thumb, with this aggressive, competitive recruiting market, we are constantly always looking for technicians. Even during slow season, we always have a post for technicians. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to apprentices and office personnel, that's kind of a you know, week by week, month by month kind of sort of you know, do we have the the money and revenue to do that? So, sure. but for text, it's constantly to answer your question. Sure, sure, thank you. Angela, I'm gonna throw it over to you. How do you know what, you know, what jobs you're looking to fill? Who are you communicating with uh, to understand those expectations? What's that look like for you? So I'm gonna go with the same thing that Gabe said at first, and then I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. So um, in constant contact with our install manager and our service manager and our owner, just looking at where we are and what's, what the needs are. So um, daily, I agree with Gabe, that's very much a necessity. As far as service technicians, um, we've had a lot of, luck for lack of better words with getting um, a full staff of service technicians so we're doing really good in that area yeah. um, but we 
recently were in need of about three more apprentices, okay. which we've just hired too. So um, our focus has been more on the install department rather than the, the maintenance and service tech portion of it. So just constant contact with our managers and our owners, just um, making sure that we're all on the same page is, is very vital. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to follow up to you on on um, where are you getting the bulk of your applicants? Is it word of mouth from uh, employees within the company? You know, because they're happy. I know it's a great company, uh, and they're and they're being a great mouthpiece for you. Is it is it the third party uh, sites that everyone has to to utilize, or or what are you guys uh, seeing the most success with? So you're going to get. Um, as much as you put in. So we put in a lot through Indeed. We do a lot of word of mouth. We speak at the colleges. Um, it is really important um, in, and I'm sure Gabe will agree with the marketing and building relationship portion of it, that when people know you around town, when they, they see your face, they know your business, they know the people that work for you, that word of mouth is, again, so vital. So just being in relationship, I had a, a friend yesterday that I'm just I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, so and so your husband's a, a, you know, electrician. Right. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what's going on with that? And so it's just about knowing people. But as far as online, I would say Indeed is our mm -hmm. biggest one and um, just staying in connection with people on LinkedIn. But we do all of it. We do Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Yeah, I'm gonna. We'll dig into the online platforms in a minute. I, I wanted to follow up on your word of mouth. You said you, you kind of talk about it consistently. Do you guys do any kind of a uh, a spiff or fee uh, to the team if they recruit someone? And if so, what does that look like? Um, we are currently discussing that right now. We have not had that in the past, but I do think that it would be a great thing for our team to be able to receive a spiff um, on recruiting. So that is something that's in the works amongst many other things that we're talking about currently. <laughs> sure. Lots, lots, to, lots to go. Lots is going on. So, Gabe, I'm going yes. to throw that question to you. Uh, Word of mouth online. What, I'm sure you utilize it all. But is there any one that's stronger than another? Um, for our particular market, Indeed has been really, really successful because we've been very aggressive with it, with yeah. you know putting the max amount of budget per day, so we're at the top of the list pretty much. And then uh, just reaching out to applicants through Indeed Message, just finding their resumes, applications, we're getting guys that way. Also, our in-house referral program has produced a lot of good applicants for us, and so we pay you know fifteen hundred dollars per tech. We play. $400 per apprentice, per admin person. And so what we do is they have to work out their 90 days for the referral, the person referring the technician to cash in on that referral. So that's our two okay. main forces. Uh, we utilize Facebook, we utilize um, this job recruiting software called Jazz HR. And so they put free posts on ZipRecruiter, Glassdoor, all okay. that good stuff and um, you know we've actually gotten a few applicants from customers you know because really? we've done such a great job for our customers they're like I yeah. want my son to work for you so we've gotten a few applicants <laughs> that way so yeah, it's really neat. not a um, one solution approach you just have to have a scatter plot approach you just have to do every little thing 
didn't I hear at Expo, weren't you guys utilizing some other kind of platform, maybe designed specifically for technicians, read something or other? What? Called, oh, I'm, I'm losing my mind. It's called Red Balloon. It's another job recruiting site, which is more for blue collar people. And so that's uh-huh. a really another good one that we've used. We've gotten two applicants from there. Okay. And that was still, that was pretty new platform for you. Too. It's very new. Yes. Okay. Okay, very good. But similar to like the other ones, you post ads and you just have to stay on top of it and respond quickly. So, okay, very good. Very good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and follow up with you and Angel, I'll throw it to you next. Um, Let's talk about job ads a bit. And I've got a series of questions. And so, okay, let's start off. um, You know, how often are you posting ads? You know, for you said, I know text is a constant concern, right? And then your office, you guys are growing. So how how frequently um, are you posting and how do you make your ads stand out? Well, um, so like I said, you know, earlier in our conversation, you know, I'm posting constantly for technicians. And so I have made the budget such to where we are number one, we are active on these job recruiting sites. And so, um, you know, a lot of people, I mean, you think people, I mean, in this current economic climate, you're thinking people want pay and benefits. They do, but people really crave uh, culture. They really crave job advancement. They really just crave um, a good team, a good system to be a part of. So we really hit on those key points and that really attracts a lot of people. And this is the way we do business. We're honest, we're straightforward. We don't really sell anything to the customer. You know, we get a lot of text that way just because of the way we do business as well. Right. Do you put in your, like the headlines, your job ads, do you put dollars at all or do you try not to play in that ball game and instead help, you know, hammer away on culture and, and work-life balance or whatever you guys stipulate? I mean, we will say sign-on bonus just okay. to, you know, just to stay competitive within the market, but we really hammer just, you know, great culture, um, opportunity to grow, advance within the company. And okay. so, you know, and indeed you can, list the salary right there right. so an applicant can see that but we really just try to hammer culture and um, job advancement okay do you um and angela i'm don't no, i didn't forget about you I'll, these these will go <laughs> to you in a minute so uh, do you require now do you require a resume to be uploaded with those or will you still take the application because i know some that's not some there's there's a way to not have to require resumes what, what's your thought on that well, um, I always require a resume application just to see because there are certain technicians from certain competitors that we just don't want because oh. they just don't do business the right way. So I would love to see a resume application. Yeah. Occasionally, I will get some texts that will just call in and be like, hey, I want to work here. So I will, I, we're very, very flexible, but I would prefer a resume application yeah. just to help us to see if they're a culture fit right off the bat. Okay. All right. Now, last follow up to this line of questioning is how often are you monitoring those incoming applications? Do you have it set up where you're, you know, something bings on your computer when it comes in or, uh, you know, how quickly and then how quickly are you responding to those as well? Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a thing where, you know, if there's an application coming in, I get a notification. So I'm really just checking my emails constantly. And if it's yeah. a technician, I'm Johnny on the spot. I'm calling them like, let's say they fill out an application at 11. I'm normally following up with them 10, 15 minutes later and yeah. very, very quickly because, right. I, I mean, I know there are times where there's so many applications come in that we miss a few. But if you're not on them within a day or two, you know, the tech probably has another job already. Sure. sure. 
Very good. All right. Thank you, Gabe. All right, Angela, let's let's throw that line of questioning over to you. Let's talk some job ads. How uh, how often are you posting them, refreshing them, and then how do you uh, make your ads stand out from the competition? So um, first question is, I am in contact with, we have a, a person with Indeed that kind of looks over our account and makes sure that um, our job postings haven't expired or maybe they're you know, getting longer on the list and we need to repost. And so just figuring out how to keep them um, up and um, the most viable that they can be with right in their face all the yeah. time. So I'm looking at that on a daily basis. Um, and the reason why I'm looking at that on a daily basis, I get the, the um, email, you know, hey, you have an applicant and that's good enough. But as far as the budgets and everything, I want to make sure that we're on budget with mm -hmm. what we're doing. And so I might change that up from time to time. And if I decide that, OK, I'd like to change the wording, I'm always constantly in there going through um, that and changing that up. Okay. You had said there was a second question there, and um, yeah, no, I'm yeah, going to have I, you repeat that. No, that's all right. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, how do you make your ads stand out? So Gabe had talked about the hammer home culture and, you know, try to mm -hmm. differentiate themselves in that manner. So if you're tweaking your copy frequently, mm -hmm. what are certain things you're adding or subtracting to try and, and again, cut through the clutter so that you guys stand out? So it's very interesting, and I know that we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but we use um, what's called culture index. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, it really talks about um, just the right fit and maybe the type of person that they are, the personality that they have. And so if I'm looking for a particular um characteristic or personality, let's say that, uh, for instance, installers. Yeah. You're not going to get these big, elaborate conversations with them, um, big personalities as you might have, have a marketer. And sure. so you want to be able to kind of put that ad towards the type of person that would be in that position. So might just say, hey, you, are you looking for this and this and this? Something to grab their attention. Um, yeah have in there are you meticulous are you uh, do you have great attention to detail different things like that and yeah. then we also um, as Gabe said talk about the culture and culture is a huge thing people want work-life balance but more importantly they want to be treated as though they're not another number every right. single interview that I have someone says that and so it's very important to put that in your post are you treated like another number well mm. here at J.A. Birch you know you want to incorporate those things that's great that's great uh, my, my next question is about resumes what's what's your policy on resumes do they have to upload one or you know or, or do you just not require it what's your thoughts on it we would love for them to submit a resume if they don't it's not a a make or break deal though right. um we have other ways of going about that but everyone needs to fill out an application if they mm -hmm. are um not submitting a resume they need to if they are submitting a resume they need to and you say well why would somebody need to fill out an application if they're submitting a resume because sometimes you can find inconsistent things mm. versus what they have on the resume and what they have on their application so again it just talks about character who they are where That's their background has been so 
Not necessarily do we require a resume um, for installers and some other, you know, um, tradespeople. They might not. You'll get a lot that are, whoops, I was going to amend that five years ago and it's out of date. Yeah. So you get what you can get from them, but you also, on my end and Gabe's end, um, to be able to really get the information that you're needing. And you can get it one way or another. That's interesting. What the the inconsistencies that you find is it typically what years that they they work there? Maybe they were out of work or you know something like that. They try to you know. Yes, or they'll they'll um, neglect putting uh, maybe a job on there that they have on their resume, and so you, okay. okay, well you weren't working from this time to this time. What were you doing? Oh well, I was at this job, or oh I wasn't working. Well, okay. on your application it says that you. So really, it speaks a lot about character if they're sure. just going to be forthright with you. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and again, kind of the last follow up is is how often are you monitoring those income incoming applications and how quickly are you are you responding once you get them? Every day, um, <laughs> recruiting and being a hiring manager, you never ever can be. Um, off the ball. You have to be on it every single time. So I have two phones. I have a personal phone and um, a work phone and I'm constantly checking my emails. Yeah. Um, just like Gabe said, you know, if somebody is reaching out and they have a great resume or they've said that they have a lot of experience, I will generally call those people. And I've had people say, oh my gosh, I just you know, submitted my resume 10 minutes ago and you're already calling me back. You need to yeah. be on the ball, especially in trades, in the trades. If you're not, somebody's going to snatch those people up. That's a great way, I guess. I really never thought about it till now. A great way to differentiate yourself as well. It shows hunger mm -hmm. that you really, you're wanted. We want you to be here. That's how quickly we, we called you back. Yep. Um, Angel, one, one last, and then Gabe, I'll throw this one to you. Um, how often, Angel, are you searching actively the these third-party sites for people that have posted resumes. Is that something you utilize much or, or you wait for them to come to you? Um, usually I wait for them to come to me. Gotcha. Um, you know, maybe frequently I will, but it, I wouldn't say that it's a big, huge part of it. I mean, we do Facebook, we put the ads on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, really? LinkedIn. All the social, um, okay. So all of the social, but I would say that the majority of it comes through Indeed and word of mouth for us. Okay. You don't, but you're not searching the Indeed resumes that are posted. You just, you're, you're more on the response. So side. actually, so with that being said, I do, there's a, um, an option that you can have, it'll say like a hundred and hundred plus active or something like that. And you mm -hmm. can click on there and you can invite people to imply, uh, apply. Right. And I do that very you often. Do. Okay. So yeah, with that's what that, I was doing. Sorry. I'm constantly, and it has a reoccurring thing to where it's even inviting people that I haven't particulars, particularly right. selected. <laughs> sure, sure. But so that's great, though. So you are actively sending invitations for people to. to yes, I am. That's great. That's great, Gabe. I, I see you shaking your head. I'm I'm guessing you do the same thing. Yes, we do the exact same thing. Um, but I'm so like if applications aren't coming in for a particular position, I'm being aggressive on Indeed. I'm sending out invites. I'm sending out personal messages to. Yeah applicants on the um, application search just to try to make sure that I'm trying to reach as many applicants as possible just to try to fill the role because it's crucial to fill these roles because uh, 
after every day goes by and the role's not filled, it's costing us money, it's costing everybody money. So it's sure. just, I gotta be um, very aggressive about it just to sure. stay on top of it, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm gonna follow up. Uh, next next kind of question, Gabe, I'm gonna throw it to you. I know you guys, I I, I scouted out your, your website. You've got, you definitely mentioned careers. Uh, you guys are right up front, if I'm not mistaken. It's right on your front page. Kind of talk about what you're featuring on on your, you know, the company website about job openings and um, just how you kind of address that and, and what what kind of messaging you put in front of uh, people on your website. So it, we pretty much just incorporate it with our marketing. You know, um, you know, we're honest, straightforward. We have a great culture. We got great pay, great benefits. Um, you know, we have opportunity to grow and advance within the company. You know, we do offer, you know, we're willing to train someone who's green for HVAC or plumbing or electrical to teach them a trade and to teach them a career. So they have a job and while they have a job, we're teaching them how to do it. So, sure. I mean, that's pretty much what we're hammering. And a lot of people just love the culture and they love the opportunity to grow and advance within the company. And they also like that we are active in the community through charity okay. organizations that we actually care about our people too. And so, yeah. Um, I had an applicant that I applied that said, yeah, I heard that y'all as a company went to the Birmingham Barons baseball game. The company ran out a skybox for all y'all and y'all had a great time. And so I just yeah. wanted to be a part of that. So it's just having a good culture to just invite people to come in, you know? Yeah. I think you're, if I'm not mistaken, your, your website has a lot of video too with, with yes. carry on at your owner and, and it talks about, again, it's not, talk about maybe what the video content is. I don't want to, I, I don't want to speak to it. I'll let you do that. So talk about what that video you have on the site does and what, what it communicates. Um, I believe it was a video that um, Fox six news, our local TV news interviewed Carrie and just, he was just, pretty much talking about the perks of, you know, wanting to come work for on-time service with the pay, the benefits, as well yeah. as just um, an opportunity to, if you want to be an apprentice for any trade, you can pursue it because we've got the right tools, we've got the right techs and the right teaching material to help anybody um, to pursue a career in any of those three trades. And so a lot of college kids or college age kids that don't want to go to college, they see that as a major selling point to want to come work for us. It's like, oh, I have a full-time job, I'm getting paid, and I'm learning a trade. So that's another great perk and benefit with being a sure. part of our company. Sure, very good, thank you. Angela, let's talk about what you guys have set up at J.A. Birch. What's, what's your kind of careers page uh, look like? What are certain things you like to highlight or, or feature on it? Sure. So um, with our website, I would say, honestly, there's not a lot that is geared um, toward the hiring or recruiting. We do have on our main page that says that we are hiring. It takes you to the um, page where you can fill out a short little application and have that sent in. And we do work with um, one of the media providers for that to get that up on our web page. We yep. do have um, a a little video on there from one of our customers that talks about um, just the the team and who we are and how the customers really um, you know look at us and yeah. it's kind of funny because some of their verbiage I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> <laughs> um, say okay say this but they did and it worked yeah. so uh and it's a good thing 
But yeah. Um, yeah, that was really great to put that video on there. As far as the career page on Indeed, you're going to see pictures. You're going to see our team posting comments about how they appreciate and like working for us and, and what that does for them and their family. Um, it's really a combination of everything. I wouldn't yep. say particularly that it's just our website. I think a combination of everything. Um, just we have it all over the board. We have stuff all over the board. One thing that I can say on our Indeed page is, um, and I learned this at the SGI convention, and I thought it was a great idea, so we implemented it, is to put a little video blurb of me on there just saying, hey guys, I'm Angela with J. Birch Heating and Cooling. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about our company. This is who we are. This is who we are in the community. This is who we're looking for. If you're interested, please click on the link. And and as I'm sure everyone on this call knows, video is so, so important right now. And so there's a lot of people that have reached out to me through that video on Indeed. And when you're inviting people, it's sent to every single person. So if you're yeah. inviting Joe from down the street, you know, um, Joe is getting that video of hey guys, this is Angela with J.A. Birch. And it's like, wow, that's not something that you usually would use. And so it's something that stands out. But yep. going back to your question at first um, about the website, I wouldn't say that there's anything on the website that's like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's just a combination of everything. Yeah, but you have stuff on there. That's important. And I'm yes. glad you brought up the, the Indeed's career page because I, I forgot to ask you about that earlier. Gabe, what, what do you guys do with your, your Indeed careers page? Maybe kind of share with everyone what you guys do. So I pretty much work hand in hand with our marketing coordinator at Bottlestorm. And I've told her how I want the Indeed page to, uh, Indeed career page to look. And it pretty much just mirrors our website career page. And okay. so we've done a good job of just integrating it and making it seamless. And that's something we do need to do is we do need to do a video of myself just talking about the um, the benefits and everything of the company and maybe do like one-on-one -on -one interviews with different technicians, different admin people, just so that, you know, um, applicants can better get to know the company, you know? Sure. No, that's good. No, that's, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. Good idea, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just always marvel at how this industry has changed in, in 15, 20 years. We were talking about newspaper ads, and yellow page ads when I started. Now we're <laughs> doing video on our own websites. Anyway, I'm old. All right, Angela, uh, let's talk. Uh, uh, you mentioned culture index. So let's let's go ahead and, and hammer that a little bit. Um, when do you ask people to fill out that questionnaire to kind of identify what their culture index uh, personality profile is? Is that is that just part of the application process? Um, yeah, and it hasn't always been. Uh, before we would have them come in for an interview and when, and we were just getting in, in it at first, so we didn't really know how to execute that with the new hires, but sure. um, before we would hire, we would have them do the, the culture index. Now what it looks like is if somebody applies for the job and sets up an interview, bam, it's included in the Google Calendar invite it's sent to them please fill this out it takes seven minutes there's no right or wrong answer it's kind of like copy and paste thing that we do for everybody and sure. we just put on there that it helps us get to know them a bit better and you'll notice that and see the thing is with hiring and marketing it goes hand in hand 
and you have to be creative with it. And so one of um, the people that I met in the SGI convention, he had said something really impactful. He said, you know, when you are using the culture index and you get that before the interview, you can put your questions around what their culture index is showing. Mm -hmm. to see if they're telling the truth or not. And so all of those little things you want to incorporate before. So I do ask them to do that before. If they don't, no big deal, but it is very helpful and it helps you get to know them a little bit before they step in the door. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Do you find, I mean, do you, um, are there certain personalities that you just are like, okay, that's just not going to fit the role. Do you, do you gain Uh it at all? Okay. Could you kind of speak to that? Maybe kind of share with, but people, what personalities seem not to do well at certain things and which ones seem to do really well in others? Sure. So, I mean, for, for install, for instance, if you have somebody for install and they're not detail oriented and they have no patience, but they're extremely social and they want to lead everything, but they don't like following instruction and they're applying for an apprentice position, yeah. maybe it's not the best fit for them, but maybe it would be a great uh great fit for a salesperson, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not necessarily just because their culture index doesn't come back perfect for that one job. It doesn't mean that they can't fit in your company in another area. It just means that that particular position may, might not be the right fit for them. And we're not only thinking about them, but we're thinking about our team as well. How is this person going to fit in with the team? Right. As a whole, because that we want them to be happy, but we also want our team to be happy and healthy at the same time. Of course. How about for for office jobs? I've I've talked to other members that have said, you know, we got culture index and we we noticed we were having issues in our call center. And Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 you know, we had everyone fill it out. We're like, oh, everyone's on low on detail, like you talked about for Mm -hmm. for install. Do (laughs) do Is is that also work the same for for, uh, the call center's positions as well? They have to be high detailing or, 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 you know, what have you found? Right. Um, High detail is definitely good for office. Um, So is being social, because when you're talking to customers, you want to make sure that you're able to hold a conversation with them and communicate with them properly. You don't want to have somebody who doesn't, you know, who has no patience at all. Hi, this is so-and-so with J.A. Birch. You know, what do you want? (laughs) That's not going to work. Right, right. So you kind of have to gauge and yeah. it's not one um, one shoe fits all, you know, it's just kind of right. like, is this going to work with our team? And we're not expecting people to be perfect. We just want them to be the best fit. And especially sure. if you have people who are, let's say that you have six office people, what it, does this person have that might be you know, be a benefit to the rest of the team. And is this one little niche something that's going to make or break it for them or for the team? And so the culture index is not 100% like, oh, this wasn't a good culture index for this. So we're not going to look, look at you. Um, It's just more helps us to be able to gauge, is this going to really be the best fit for our team and for them? So I would say for office people, yes, attention to detail is very important. Um, Having a lower autonomy instead of like, okay, it's my way or the highway because you are working as a team and you're working for the service techs and the installers and the comfort advisors and everything. So um, you just kind of have to gauge it and is this person going to work or not? Sure. On, on technicians, um, 
And Gabe, I haven't forgot about you. We'll, we'll, we'll go through this with you. On, <laughs> on the technician side, do you guys put a lot of weight into it? Or if you get someone that's qualified and, and can do the job, you'll you'll find a, a, a spot for, for him or her. And well, I mean, maybe we just relate, you know, Give, let the manager know, hey, he's uh, this type of personality. You're going to have to handle him this way. Maybe talk to, to mm-hmm. how you use it for text. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yes, I have done that. And it's actually worked out very, very well. So, um, for instance, there have been a couple people that we have hired, and I've went to the, the manager, the department manager, and said, you know, this person um, is – very punctual. They're very diligent. They're very persistent. This is the way that they think. And so instead of approaching it like this, we may want to approach it like this. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with communicating on a constant basis with your team, knowing who they are and and being able to communicate properly. We talk about perspective a lot Mm -hmm. within J.A. Birch. And it's really, really important because you can't just have one manager who, who talks to everybody the same. And I'm sorry if this doesn't work for you, but this is the way we're going to do it. That's a way to not have retention and to lose your team. So we really, really try to look at perspective and help grow and help them meet their goals in the way that they need to, they need it to be met. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Gabe, I know you guys, uh, you guys utilize culture index. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, again, when do you have people fill out the questionnaire? Let's let's get that that part through first. So we make it mandatory. As soon as someone fills out an application with us, they're redirected to the website link and they're taking the culture index immediately because it's mm-hmm. important to know, you know, what their personality is, how they fit in the organization, or they write for that particular job, you know, because there might be someone with a great application, great resume, but their culture index is not right fit for the job, then I go to work to try selling them on a job that we do have open and just trying to steer them in a better position that would help them and help the company as well. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, let's talk about different, again, like we we spoke with Angela about it, let's talk about the different positions and maybe things you found um, about, say, a sales position. What are are certain personality traits that you find are, are really prominent in, in top salespeople? Um, so top pet salespeople are, they're daredevils, they're persuaders, you know, okay. they, um, they really, it doesn't matter about the details with them as long as right. they, you know, in terms of autonomy, they're able to self-regulate themselves and push themselves, make their own goals. And they have to have really, really excellent communication skills as well. Yeah. So that's what we found in good salesmen. In terms of uh, technicians, yeah. we yeah. really don't care what their culture index says because if they're licensed, we're hiring them because right. it's, there's such a shortage of good sure. qualified licensed techs out there. So, you know, we just hire them and then we just figure out the rest of it later, you know, right. how they're going to fit in the organization. Um, right. and we are picky on apprentices. We're looking for okay. coordinators because we're looking for people that, you know, have good communication skills that are self-starters and that really pay attention to details. So that's what we're really looking for in apprentices, um, office admin people. We're looking for specialists, traditionalists, and they, you know, really doesn't matter if they're very social. It just, are they very technical and are they good with buttoning up the details? 
Um, people in the call center were looking for socializers that are really, really good with people, really, really good with talking. Now we'd prefer to have socializers that have high details, but a lot of people that are good social people, I mean, the details just kind of are lacking on them. And so sure, we sure. just try to build a system to where, you know, there's, you know, we do have details, but it's not a detail oriented job, if that makes sense, just to try yeah. to make here for them and their personality types. Support for this podcast comes from Bradford White. Bradford White is a full-line manufacturer of residential and commercial water heaters and boilers. While being manufactured and assembled in the USA by American craftspeople, Bradford White's goal is to deliver high-quality, superior products specifically built for the professional contractor. You can always count on the performance and reliability of our built-to-be-the-best products. Visit BradfordWhite.com to learn more. Gabe, I'll I'll, uh, I'll start with you on on the phone interview. So you uh, you reach out to someone, right? Um, what uh, what are some things? I mean, first of all, do you, is it video right away, or is it just a phone call? Um, what are some questions you're asking, or what are some things you're telling that person right away to try and maybe uh, get rid of the undesirables? Well, so um, at the beginning of the phone call, I'm reaching out like, hey, this is Gabe Atkins with On Time Service. I'm the recruiting manager here. I see that you filled out an application with us. I'm happy that you filled out an application with us. Just seeing if you had any questions for me. That's a good icebreaker just to get the applicant going, get them talking. Sure. And so they kind of ask me, you know, hey, um, what is this about the culture? What is this about the pay, the benefits? What are the hours looking like? And so I just kind of dive into that. And then after they're done talking, again, to my line of questioning, which is, you know, it's very important for us that they pass a background check. They can pass a drug test. They have a good, clean, valid driver's license because we've had to turn down several technicians because they've got a bad driving record or they don't have a driver's license. And with everything now, the vehicle insurance company we use oh, is pretty yeah. strict. And just yeah. from a liability standpoint, we have to add them to the driver's list. They have to be insured because, you know, we've had two incidences recently where we've had plumbing trucks, you know, two of them on separate different occasions, different techs, like flip on the freeway. Oh, man. It's important That's to scary. have our techs insured just for their safety as well as sure. the safety of the driver. So it's really, yeah. really important. Um, and then I ask them just pretty much like, what are they looking for in a company? Why do they want to come work for us? And how did you hear about us? And questions like that. Okay. And I really just go to work on just selling the company, selling the culture, selling the pay, the benefits, the opportunities here, and just trying to um, just give them the point that we're a unique place to work and we'd love to have you. You know, so that's kind of how we now we did utilize um, Zoom interviews during the pandemic, but now sure. it's a regular phone screen again. And we okay. have people come into the office and do face to face interviews because that's um, better and easier than a sure. Zoom call. Because there's some sure. techs that don't know how to use Zoom or they don't have Zoom capabilities. So it's just easy yeah. to just do face to face interview. And that yeah. way, it's, if they're lying to us, we can kind of tell in person, you know. Yeah. Sure. And I, and I will definitely dig into the in-person interviews in a minute on, on the phone interview part though, what are there certain things, red flags you're, you're keeping an ear open to that are immediate go, okay, that, that that's going to end, end it right there outside of the background, you know, the obvious three, are there any other things that you um, go, someone says, and they're like, all I care about is making an extra buck an hour. I mean, you know, what do you think? If 
a big red flag for me if there's a tech that's like, oh, I do side work with my cousin Eddie on the weekends. That's a big red flag for me because that means, you know, if they become friends with their customers, that they're going to do side work for them, not on behalf of the company, but on behalf of themselves. And that's a huge red flag for me. Another red flag is, oh, you know, I just want to get off work at 245 every day. And so it's just like not feasible. You know, I mean, we do offer flexible work schedules with uh, normal Monday through Friday, eight to five. We also offer you know, a four tens, which is four 10 hour work days where you know, they work four days and then they get the fifth day off. But it's, you know, just little stuff like that. Or just like if an applicant does say like, I don't have criminal history, but the, <laughs> depending on what the answer is, that may or may not be a red flag. So I'm sure. just kind of, you know, looking out for many different things and just, I just try to let the applicant do the talking because if you can get that applicant or technician or whoever talking, yeah. I mean, it can reveal a lot of things about them right off the bat. So, yeah, I was going to ask about that. What, if there's certain questions you ask about side work or the getting off early, but it sounds like if you just get someone rolling, they just kind of let, they let it be known what, you know, what, what their true self comes through. And another thing do we do too with uh, technicians, we try to find them on Facebook. And so oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if there might be a few red flags on there yeah. with certain yeah. pictures or certain activities. And so if we find that, then we just normally just kind of X them off on the front end and that saves us a lot good of headaches point. down the road. Very good point. Very good point. I didn't think to even ask about that. That's great. Thanks, Gabe. Angela, let's let's talk phone interview with you. You get a really good, uh, juicy application. You go, oh, man, this person looks great. Uh, what does that conversation look like? What are what are what you know? What are you saying to them? What questions are you asking? Kind of share with everyone your what you do. So I've only done a couple of phone interviews. Usually, I like to do in person. I really? have done. Yes, I have done Zoom um, quite a few times, and that's for maybe somebody who's out of state and they're wanting to, or out of the area and they're wanting to relocate. Um, yeah. But for most most of the time, it is in person. Okay. I did have a phone interview yesterday with a gentleman, and um, basically, I don't ask the same questions every single time. It's mm -hmm. on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, but some of the questions that I will ask I just highlighted um, some of them, but I'll ask questions like, other than money, what is the most important thing to you in a company? Yeah. Because um, a lot of people will just be like, oh, well, I need to be paid well, or, you know, that used to be the big thing. Now it's a little bit different. So we want to know, besides the money aspect of it, what are they really looking for to see if they're a right fit for us? Um, you know, what are two personal values that you hold near and dear to your heart? Because if they're like, uh, I can't think of any, I've had somebody tell me, I can't think of any, just some, somewhere nice to work. Okay. Yeah. It's probably not going to be the best fit then. Um, so, you know, what kind of character do you have and tie that in with, you know, who they are, culture index, what they say on their resume, you you use all of that stuff. Yeah. What are your goals, short term and long term? I want to know about your goals because we want to help you to be able to meet your goals, whether it's buying a house, whether it's having more family time. We have a lot of people who work for us that have little kids, many mm -hmm. kids, um, spouses. And so we want to be able to help make their dreams come true. Do they love horseback riding? Can we incorporate those type of things? Recently, we have had a taco truck come yeah. in to just appreciate our our team. So little things like that. Um, and then I also ask, and this, 
<laughs> this is kind of a funny question, but um, it tells you a lot about the person. If you could invite two people to a barbecue, living or dead, who would it be and why? And you would yeah. be very surprised at some of the answers that you get, um, whether somebody's saying, I would invite... This I was interviewing this person uh, not too long ago, and he said, I would invite my mother because I love her so much, and I would invite my grandfather because he could teach me so much. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this guy has something, you know, so it really tells you a lot about that. So those are just some of the questions that I do ask. But going back to your first question, I really don't do a lot of phone interviews. Okay. I want to see them in person. I want to look at their eyes. I want to see their body language. And I try to make it very, very personal with them. At first, I just say, hey, you know, because a lot of times people come in really nervous or shaking oh, or, sure. you know, and you just say, hey, this is just relax. I, you know, <laughs> I just want to know about you. Tell me about you. Tell me about your hobbies and everything. And from there, it's it's a good conversation. That's interesting. Um, all right. I do have a follow up because you mentioned out of state. And Gabe, I think you mentioned to me separately. You've hired people from out of state. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh, yes, that's correct. All right. So and, and I'm going to ask each of you this. How do you handle the out-of-state applicant process. So it sounds like, Angela, you'll do a, a Zoom meeting, and if, if that goes well, what is the next step? Do you ask them to come in, fly in? Do you pick that up? What what? How do you guys handle that? We can hire um, based just out of getting to know them over Zoom. We would probably do two to three interviews. We would have them do their background check, their drug testing in their location before they came. Um, just as Gabe said, it's very, very important. And we do mention that in the interview process that they would need to pass a drug screening test, okay. that they would need to pass a background check, have a good driving record. Um, to date, we've not hired anybody out of state we have mm -hmm. tried but it really hasn't worked out for us yeah, so right. um, but that's that's how we would go about doing that okay I hear it more and more that's why I was gonna ask yeah. Gabe, what, what about you guys uh, have you had a couple or, or what's the process you utilize in those situations well so we've had a few guys not from out of state but different cities um, I really just hammer the point, like, how interested are you in relocating here? Like, are you relocating here? Like, because I want to make sure that, you know, they're serious about relocating to the area. I really hammer that point. And if they're, you know, very, very interested, then I schedule the interview and they can fly in or drive in. And so we do the interview in person. And so if we really, really like that person, you know, we're doing the background drug tests in VR that day. And that yep. way everything's processing while they're going back home they're getting packed up and ready to move and so if everything checks off we normally just hire them and their start date is typically whenever they relocate but yeah. you know we've had a few that's panned out and then a few that haven't yeah. and the few that haven't were like well i'm really interested in wanting to relocate and then just haven't heard anything back from them because i guess they decided to stay at their current home or go to a different location altogether sure. so we just we just have an open mind and just really really flexible sure do you pick up any of the expense of them if they fly in or drive three hours of gas money or or is that a litmus test to see if they're how serious they are and then you prefer it's really not. uh it's really a case-by-case -case basis typically yeah. they would pick up the flight or the drive and it, yes it allows us to see how serious they are but if we get a really really good tech 
I talk with the department manager about it, then if it's a special case, we'll, we'll pick up the rental car or the flight. But typically, we just allow the applicant to just handle the travel arrangements. Sure, sure. Very good. All right, I want to follow up the the in-person interview because, Angel, we, we got your, your insight on that. So, you, you know, you talk to someone, uh, they go, okay, this looks like a good good person. Um, how, what is your, you know, how quickly will you, will you schedule that in-person interview? Is it, you know, within a week of talking to that person? Or maybe, and then talk about what, what your interview process looks like. Sure. Okay. Um, so, I, oh, who I'm is so, it for? Oh, it was for Gabe. Angel, you gave us oh. this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I was getting Gabe's insight on this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so typically, um, if it's a licensed technician, we try to schedule it the next day. Um, next day. There you go. But like, we're really flexible. We work around their schedule. You know, if they want to meet mm -hmm. Saturday at two, we make it happen. If they want to meet Friday at five forty-five, we make it happen. But we typically try to interview within the same week or if not the next week we try to bring them in really really quick you know yeah. um and in the interview process i'm working hand in hand with the department manager to handle the interview because okay. he you know i pretty much ask all the personal cultural questions over the phone i give that info to the department manager okay. and the face interview is typically handled by the department manager because he can ask that technician all the little technical questions okay. that I don't necessarily know how to, you know, I don't sure. technicians. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. All um, right. So that's how you handle that. All right. So then if the interview goes really, really well, we're processing background drug tests in VR that day. Mm -hmm. um, there's some applicants if we're 50, 50 about, we normally just pay them to come in and do a ride along with us probably okay. the next day or the next week. But if everything checks off the boxes, we're moving quickly with them light speed. So sure. if we're talking about the recruiting process from start to finish. If it's a really good applicant, we're hiring them within a week or two. It's very, okay. very quick. Is it is it your conversation with them, conversation with the manager, uh, offer extended? Is that it? Or is there another maybe round of interview? I mean, you said there's a ride along potentially, right? But is that uh, generally the process, you know, the, the three if, step? If it's a really good interview. Um, that department manager is calling me saying, hey, I'm going to make an offer. Can you process his background? And then I okay. get the ball rolling on that. And that's how that goes. And it's contingent on, OK, uh, Bob, if, you know, um, if if applicant Joey, you know, if, if his background MVR drug test comes in, then he's hired. But it's contingent on everything coming back good, you know? Yeah. OK, very good. Very good. Um, Angela, let's let's follow up. So you said you you like to sit down with people initially. Um, yes. After that first interview, will you extend an, an, an offer right away, or will you like to that person to come back for a second one, or what's your what's your process? It's on a case by case basis. I mean, there are some people that I hired very very quickly, and there are some people that it's been a longer process, um, maybe weeks, and so it just depends. Um, but initially, it will just be me who's doing the interview with them. Um, if they reach out and they show their interest, like Gabe said, I do a lot of um, messaging back with them on Indeed, um, sending them emails, um, giving them a phone call, and then once they come in for an interview it's just me and that person sitting down talking about 
who they are, what they're looking for, why our company, um, really getting to understand who they are and if I think that they would be a good fit. At that point, if it is somebody that is going to go into the install department, since I don't know all the specifics, just like Gabe said, you know, I may have our install manager sit in and schedule a few days later a second interview, okay. um, but I want to have that culture index in my hands by the second interview i will have called on two professional references and asked them okay. to give that information to me so um the second interview is really like a make it or break it as far as what the department manager feels mm -hmm. and um there's a lot of trust that they um give to me as far as hey do you think that this guy is going to be uh this guy or gal is going to be a really good fit and if yeah. they do and the department manager has agreed, then we'll go ahead and move forward. Um, we, in the first interview, will talk about the drug test, the background check, and the driving record. There have been some times to where we have mentioned that and then we've extended an offer. And then all of a sudden, oh, I forgot to tell you, I did have a little little felony here. <laughs> <laughs> a little felony, not a big you one. Know. Yeah. So we learn from those. We learn from those type of things, and uh, maybe some questions to ask. And we've been more direct about that. But initially, that's how it goes. Uh, never have I ever done a third interview with somebody. Um, some people have been hired based off of the first interview, so it's really just been a case by case basis. Okay. In the case by case, it's just it's just whether it's technical questions that you can't answer, or or maybe you're like, eh, I got a decent feel, but maybe I want to talk to that person again. Is that a big part part of it sometimes too? Yeah, um, it's either that or hey, I really want the department manager's input. Yeah. I don't want to jump the gun and hire somebody without them meeting this person. And so a lot of my reserve sometimes is just from, hey, I. I you know, I want their opinion. I want them to meet this person. If they agree, maybe they're going to ask them some questions about retrofitting or mini splits or doing boilers that maybe I don't have those specific, uh, the specific verbiage or understanding about that. Sure. Um, and so that's for the department manager to come in and have a conversation because ultimately they're the ones who are going to be managing and supervising this person. I want them to be able to at least have an opportunity to start that relationship. Sure. Good stuff. Guys, I, I, uh, I'm going to keep going if you don't mind a little bit because we started late. Uh, I got a, a, a big question and we got some questions from the audience I want to be sure to ask if that's right with you guys. Um, a big one I, I want to be sure to ask is, is how do you pursue um, trade schools or I know you both hire green people, right? So do you, do mm -hmm. you pursue trade schools, high schools, candidates like that? Gabe, let me throw it to you first. Uh, so do you do that? How do you build those relationships? How often are you working with the schools, communicating with them? Sure. Um, so we've built a great relationship with Hewitt Trustful High School, which is a local high school. And they have a class there that specializes in uh, residential electrical work. And so we built a great relationship with them, the professor. And so, you know, typically we just have a pipeline of applicants that come out of that little mini trade school in high school. And we just bring yeah. them in direct to our company. Um, we've also built a great relationship with Alabama Power. They do kind of a eight to nine week boot camp with HVAC. And mm. so it teaches them enough to where they're advanced apprentice. And so we've 
got a good relationship with the instructor and we typically hire two to three graduates per year out of that program and so there's a few other trade schools like Fortis and some other ones but they typically don't produce good applicants that we're looking for so it's really we're very selective with who we're choosing from what trade school pretty much how how did those uh because i know everyone watching is going well how did you do that what how did you those how did you foster those relationships what is that process Um, so i work hand in hand with the department managers and so they're always in the know on a lot of different things and so i work with scott freeman our hvac service manager he said oh his buddy is running the program at Alabama power so that's how yeah. we got into that and then we just started doing research on local high schools in our area to see if they're doing any trade programs and when uh, we found out about hewitt trustful we just had a great relationship and got comfortable with them that way so it's a little bit of who you know as well as yeah. just research yeah, the schools that you said you know they're at, they're you know the, their students aren't the best. Is it because of their backgrounds, what they're t- taught, or what they're not taught, or, or um, what is it? It's it's a little bit of you know some students coming out of there aren't really um, um, a culture fit for us, and they're not being taught you know the right things. They're more taught on the commercial OSHA Got side. It. We really need them to be honed in on the residential aspect. So sure. that makes sense. Angela, same, same kind of line of question to you about trade schools, high schools. Uh, do you guys do any have any connections with schools? And if so, how did you foster those relationships? How frequently are you communicating with them? Sure. We do have um, North Idaho College. And so they actually have a trade school for HVAC. And that is a one year program full time to help get um, them into the learning hands on experience. But it's not hands on as far as on the job training. And so they are needing just um, some more hours and that on the job training to be able to get their journeyman's license but they have been working in labs and so forth and so what I did a couple months ago and I'll be doing again is going in there and working with the professor to speak to those people in the class and those can be um, anywhere from people who have just graduated high school to people in their 30s 40s and up Um, and it's just talking about why we're different and really the culture aspect of it is huge when you go do that if you have somebody in marketing and i'm kind of talking to everybody um who's who's on this webinar right now but if you have somebody in marketing make sure that they are honed in with the hiring um with what's going on with recruiting and everything because those people usually have great creative ideas and Mm -hmm. when you're talking with these people you want to make it fun you want to make it you know, needs to be something to where you're grabbing their attention. And so we'll talk about work-life balance. We'll talk about the benefits that we offer, but we also talk about maybe what they're looking for, especially to the younger generation. What are they needing? What are they wanting? We've hired six people um, out of that school this last year. And um, so, and, and, 
going back, I didn't know the professor before that. It's just going back to the marketing aspect of it. You walk in, who's the secretary there? Oh, Annette. And she knows that you remember her name. You know, mm. let me put some marketing material out there. Let me go in and talk to the professor and come up with some ideas about you, how you can help their students. It's, it's about cultivating relationship and then culting, cultivating relationship with those students because those students will tell other sure. students who will tell other students. And that's where the word of mouth comes from. But look at you cold calling and just going out there and putting yourself out. That's great. <laughs> but you're right. You got to follow through, right? You know, if you, mm -hmm. if you, you know, you got to, you get, they'll give you a shot, but you got to follow through. That's, that's exactly. good stuff. Yep. Um, uh, real quick, a couple more, then I'm going to uh, ask you, ask some of the, the questions submitted. Um, what, just so people know, if they hire a recruiter, right? Or, or, you know, and I know you guys have different titles, but someone that handles recruiting function, what does your day, each of your days look like? Like what, how much time are you searching online? How much, how much time are you interviewing? You know, what, so maybe Gabe, maybe start with, with you just kind of quickly detail what your week looks like and, you know, what you're doing on a day-by-day -day basis in your week. So typically early in the morning around 8 o'clock, I'm going through work emails and some of that might be admin related. Some of that might be applications coming in that I'm putting in our job recruiting software. And so typically around nine, 10 o'clock, I'm reaching out to applicants with phone interviews, scheduling interviews, and I'm doing the same thing a little bit after lunch. Yeah. And so, and then in the afternoon, it's just processing more applications, processing more culture indexes. And it's pretty much just a, I'm just constantly um, reaching out to people. I'm constantly processing applications all day, every day. You know, sometimes yeah. I have to take a call late at night at 830. I don't want to take the call, but it's <laughs> got to be really, really yeah. aggressive with recruiting. Sure. It, it's really important because if I don't talk to that person, we're going to lose them to our competitor. So it's awesome. just being aggressive and just being on top of things. And what you're looking for in a recruiter is someone with excellent communication skills, someone with excellent creativity, and really someone with excellent analytical skills to be able to process the admin stuff, the backend stuff, the data. Yeah. So it's really important. I would say the best recruiter, if we're, if we're using culture index as an example, probably a coordinator would probably okay. be, or a, um, or a, not a daredevil per se, but maybe a, um, an influencer, an influencing okay. coordinator would be a typical, uh, a good recruiter profile. Good stuff. Angel, how about you? Talk about what your, what, you know, what, you know, what's your role like on a day-to-day -day basis in a week so people can kind of best understand. Sure. So with mine, I am the hiring manager, but I have a lot of um, other kind of title <laughs> within my title. So um, I start at seven o'clock and seven o'clock is really geared toward um, just taking care of my team, just mm -hmm. making sure that I'm available to my team. So part That's of true. the retention, part of that after hiring is just for those new hires, going and talking with those new hires. How are things going? My office right. is not a disciplinary office. It's one to where you can come in and shut the door if your cat died and you're really sad about that to be able to yeah. talk about your day to be able to talk about your goals and so as the culture index or culture <laughs> culture index officer um chief culture officer i am helping to um, implement positive change from the get-go from the time yeah. that getting these people coming in the door retaining them and and part of the marketing as well so i don't know if um, many are 
you know, um, know about the culture index thing, but I am a persuader. And so okay. with my, with my culture index, it's very much has a lot to do with marketing and being that go getter. And I find that that is, um, it, it's worked out very, very well. I will reach out to people throughout the day, but then also that marketing side of me will go on Canva, which you can create flyers and documents there yeah. and you can go and post them in local gyms. You can go and post them in your coffee shops. A lot of times they have little bulletin boards that you can put up on. So the creative part of me, that persuader, that go-getter is to go out there and look at as many ways as possible. You can get, you know, get as much information out there as you possibly can to bring people yeah. in. So my day is kind of all over the place as far as the things that I'm doing. That's great. Look, at least you're doing some guerrilla marketing. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure we might've lost, we might've lost Gabe here, but, so. uh, but that's all right. If not, we'll kind of, we'll kind of wrap up you Angela. There's, I got some questions from Facebook and I got one question while the show was going on and we'll just, Oh, there he is. Hey Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. I can't hear you. I think you're on mute by the way. I had some kind of technical glitch. Sorry, I no, lost. That's all right. It's a theme for today. But that's okay. This has been outstanding. <laughs> you have been exceptional. Uh, I'm just going to buzz through some questions we got from the audience. Um, and uh, you guys just speak up, whoever has any any kind of uh, insight on it. Um, first one is, uh, what are some selling points for smaller companies that don't offer a lot of standard benefits? So I know you both have larger, with larger companies, but if you had to work with someone that was really small, um, what are some things? Is it the culture thing or is that the big selling point or, or what, how would you approach it? Either one of you, what, what do you think? I'll just talk really quick, um, but it is definitely culture. Um, if you don't have a lot of benefits and little spiffs that you can give, the majority of the people, and I believe that I already mentioned this, but the majority of the people want don't want to be treated like a number. They want family. They want somebody who's going to listen to them, treat them with respect, have their same values. And so you zone in on that type of stuff. There are so many companies now that just treat you like a number. Here's your paycheck and go home. Talk about their goals. Talk about what they're wanting and how you can help them get there. When it becomes personal, that's a way to get their attention. That's good. Gabe, anything you want to add to that? Sure. Um I agree with everything um, Angela said. And um, I'll also say too, just, you know, people love when small companies are part of the community, when they're mm -hmm. going to the chili cook off or they're going to the shrimp bowl and really just hammer, just being a part of the community and being active. And we're um, active in our local charities and we give mm -hmm. back. And we also, you know, put an emphasis on, you know, wanting to be a part of the community for a very long time. You know, we're not just going to pick up and run to another small community. And so, and just hammering the culture as well as, you know, since we are small, you know, um, technician, Jeremy, you can help us to grow this thing right. and we can become a bigger company. So there's an opportunity to grow and advance. And as we grow this thing, it can lead to a bigger role for you. And so that's a great smalling, a great selling point is just that opportunity to grow this thing and really rise to better heights, you know? 
Totally agree. I, that's what I would say. I would I would sell the vision of what you see the business to be over the next three to five years and and place them in that and and where they could go. That's that's good stuff. Uh, the next question was where what places do you guys look for look for new talent? We we pretty much covered that thoroughly. Um, one uh, one of the other questions was interesting. Um, we don't have uh, any plumbing training for young people in our area. How would we go about approaching? schools uh, to recruit young people to pursue the career in a plumbing trade. So I guess it's more or less, how are you really finding um, apprentices if there's not a school to lean on? Do either of you, you know, maybe t speak to how you're recruiting apprentices? Where are you finding them? Is it just online or, or somewhere else in particular? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll start this off. Um, you know, we've been involved in local um, high school job fairs, and that really hasn't helped uh, in a traditional okay. sense because yeah. millennials and people that are Gen Z, they're very tech savvy, they're very involved in social media, being online. It's just important to have a social media presence, an online presence. And I have these uh, flyers. If I see someone who's interested in a position, <laughs> it's got a QR code that puts us to, it puts the applicant directly on our website and we just cool. kind of hit the biggies right here. And so we just hand these out to people if we see someone that we like. And, you know, we also tell applicants that, you know, we do have sort of an in-house training program. So you can have a full-time job, you can learn on the fly and we'll also you know provide academic materials from our program as well as SGI that's another selling point and we've also found a little school in Arkansas that we send plumbing apprentices to to help them along in their apprenticeship program so that's kind of how we find apprentices and that's kind of how we sell people it's just an opportunity to grow and advance learn a trade and be a part of a great culture as well that's ultimate technical academy some too right or is this a different one? I, I think it is the Technical yeah. Academy in Arkansas, yes. They're, yeah, they're, been, they're a longtime partner. For anyone that is uh, interested in that, uh, looking on, on our SGI website, there's information. Yeah, I know those people have been with us for a long time. Angela, do you have any kind of insight if, if, if you know, you were in a situation where there were not schools and you'd like you'd like some green people that you could grow from the ground up, how would you pursue that? Sure. So we are interest, uh, We are um, invested in the Idaho Department of Labor, and oh, so we okay. do a lot of hiring events with them, um, events through the Chamber of Commerce, also online presence um, through Facebook and such. But we really, uh, I've made some flyers on Canva that have been like job versus career. Oh. Are you looking for um, something in the trade to help meet your goal within the next five or ten years? Um, is it do you feel that you're stuck in your job and you're not going anywhere you know so I try to say things like that to grab their attention with us it's not so much that the younger generation does not come to the hiring events actually a yep. lot of them do but it's just um, again focusing on that job versus career thing a lot of people uh, especially you know let's say 18 19 year olds if they're recently married and have mm -hmm. kids they're not sure. looking to work at McDonald's anymore. They're looking for a trade. And so that's what we really try to focus on. Yeah, very good. Uh, last question from the audience. Um, and I, this is a good one because it popped in my head. What's your, what's your marketing budget look like for recruiting? Because Gabe, I think you mentioned it earlier, you budget so-and-so for this. And I, went, I was like, that, that was a good follow-up question. What, what, what would you, how would you answer that? 
Well, um, it depends on, you know, what size you are as a company in terms sure. of marketing budget for recruiting. I mean, I know off the top of my head, we spent $47,000 last year on recruiting and that's job ads, that's um, processing background checks, drug tests, um, having a social media presence. So it really depends on how big you are and how much you're willing to spend on recruiting and advertising because, you know, I look at recruiting as marketing, you know, right. and so if we're, as a company, we're aggressive with marketing to our customers to help get the phone to ring, but we also need to be aggressive in recruiting in order to have a good pipeline of people coming in so we can serve as many people as possible so we don't miss service calls. So I would say, you know, you have to look at it from how big you are as a company and how much you're willing to spend and how willing you are to be aggressive because it just doesn't work anymore to where you know, if you're in the top five, you're going to get good talent. It's like, if you really want to have a chance to get people, you need to be in the top three on, on job boards just yep. to have a presence, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Angel, what would you, do you have a particular budget you keep in mind when, when recruiting and, and that, and that kind of stuff? Well, I know that recruiting, obviously, like Gabe said, that a marketing budget is definitely, um, recruiting is definitely under that marketing budget. Usually the marketing budget is seven to about 10% of the overall revenue. So we don't have a percent within the percent. We kind of just look at it and say, okay, marketing, uh, if we're needing banners, if we're needing um, marketing material, flyers and everything, maybe it's not zoned completely to recruiting, but maybe we can utilize both and say, hey guys, this is what we're doing. We've um, we've been able to give a trigger away to the community. We do a lot with our veterans, da, 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 da. By the yeah. way, we're hiring. Yeah. So we really just look at every opportunity to use that seven to 10% to put that recruiting in um, no matter what we're doing with marketing. Right. I, I just my real quick throw in. I know I I talked to Gus Santos, who's a part owner of Certain Path SGI, owner of Milestone. I think he told me they spend at 120 million dollars of revenue, one percent on recruiting. I would say to this person, I think it's Alex that asked, make you know these percentages only matter if you're priced right and you're profitable, right? So, you know, if you're not making money, uh, those percentages get skewed. So um, I'd get with your coach if you really are interested in digging into that. Um, Gabe, Angela, thank you so much for your time. Angela, I'm so sorry we had technical issues. You look okay. lovely on FaceTime. I'm sorry. <laughs> not to this video. But you two were just superstars today. Thank you for, for holding on over the hour. Uh, I can't, I just can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. This was good insight. Thank you to everyone who is watching live, those who ask questions. Uh, for those who have been interested in the video, it'll be available soon on the SGI slash Certain Path member website. It will then be later distributed as an episode of the Successful Contractor uh, Show, which is available on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. Again, thank you, everyone. I look forward to seeing you next month. Uh, for our next monthly member discussion on June 15th, our topic will be on call centers, how to maximize every opportunity that comes in your office. So I will look forward to seeing you again, seeing you then. Uh, have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much. That's Angela Blessinger, the Chief Culture Officer of J.A. Birch Heating and Cooling in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Gabe Atkins, Recruiting Manager of On-Time Service in Birmingham and Mobile, Alabama, Talking Recruiting. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and if so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. 
This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath.